Welcome to Time Play 3HR, podcast about playing video games for three hours at a time. My name is Louis. And my name is Lucky, and this week we played three hours of the uh, haunted demo disc PS1 2020. What's the other name of this thing? <laughs> I think it's called Haunted PS1 Demo Disc. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. 2020. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it was, it was close, whatever it was. Yeah. All right. Okay. Peace. I, don't I guess. Welcome. Hey. Welcome. Hey. Welcome to you Hi. and to everyone listening. Oh, welcome. Hi. Yeah. Welcome. Hi. Um, how are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Very good, thank you. We uh, actually not saw each other, saw each other not that long ago. We were very recently uh, hanging out, maybe three hours ago. It was a great time. I had a burger. Yes, we did. Very nice. Very good burger. Quite expensive. But, um... A nice bun. Yeah, the bun was really wicked. So soft. It was nice, because I feel like when you go for a slightly more pricey burger, they give you a brioche bun. Um, And it was nice that it was not a brioche bun. Not against a brioche bun, but it's just a nice... It was was a nicely made, like, simple sesame seed bun. But it was Nicely toasted, quite soft. Yeah. I don't know what they did to it. Mm, it's good. What do you think? I, just, I mean, if you were to <laughs> ask me honestly, Lucky, how do you reckon you get a sesame seed bun like this one, this soft? I would actually just, I'd have no idea. I think. I don't know the inner workings of bread. No, me either. That's what I'm saying. I've just. Like, I don't know how bread works. I'd, I, my guess would be it's super fresh. <laughs> you made it like. Half an hour ago. Yeah, it could have been uh, day fresh at least. You'd anyway, hope. Because obviously, you know, bread goes hard, so. Bread does go hard. I thought maybe that could be it. Anyway, um, onto something uh, different, mm. which is the game or games, multiple, that uh, you picked for me to play and yourself to play last week. Yes. Do you want to uh, tell the people uh, what it is? Um, yeah, it's the uh, Haunted PlayStation 1 demo disc, um, which is basically 17, I think it is, demos for made by individual indie developers that they compiled into one uh, file download with a sort of a... Um, a menu screen that you can navigate through in the style of a traditional like PlayStation one demo disc, which you would get all the time in magazines and stuff like that. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a compilation of games that are either, they're either like complete things it seems like, or, uh, demos for upcoming little indie games that are probably going to be released on itch.io for next to nothing. I imagine. Yeah. It's hard because, there were times where I was wondering, 
if the game itself um, was presented as a demo because it's on a so-called demo disc and would, Mm -hmm. you know, say that this feature is not available in the demo, whereas um, where it might not even have a full release, whereas some were actual demos, actual games being made. Yeah. It's it's a blurred line amongst this whole collection. I didn't... um come across one that was obviously a demo until a few in. And so my brain just kind of assumed these were like complete little sort of vignette games that were only like 20 minutes max long sort of thing, Um, demo length long. Uh, But then I got to a game that was very clearly like, I think it like one of the first thing it said was like, this game will be in early access in um, a few months or something. Um, So I was like, oh, I guess... (laughs) I guess this thing. is a demo. It's a, uh, um, ad as well. Then I, a... yeah. Um, then I came across a bunch of others. So, um, demo discs—they're really something, aren't they? Back in the day, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's inconceivable now to think that a lot of people uh, valued those demo discs much more than a lot of their other games. Yeah, sure. Played them more, yeah. Yeah, if you were to be like to uh, myself or yourself, you know, um, would you like this this full game or this uh, demo disc game that you get from a magazine with 10 games on it? Yeah. B, please. No. What, a, what a way to sell a freaking magazine. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, definitely everyone bought magazines literally based on the fact that you you got a, like five ten demos in there for your PlayStation. Absolutely, I mean, just the the concept of a almost throwaway disc is so alien nowadays. You know. Yeah, it's bonkers. Throwaway it's digital terrible. content is just <laughs> un, unthinkable. Uh, but yeah. I was thinking back, there are a lot of uh, CDs that you'd get intended to be binned. Yeah. I mean, there was that weird transition of instruction manuals. Going from, um, you know, print to digital true, in the yeah. form of CDs, uh, and then on to just you know website URL. Uh, but there was a, there was a very very weird period in time where instructions would be given to you on a CD. Like I remember our Opro mouthguards that we got in like year four. <laughs> um, That's funny. You know, came with one of those mini CDs, those like half size CDs with yeah. instructions on how to use it, how to fit it, you know, general information. Um, and you'd see these CDs like thrown around school. I remember there was one under the bridge for years, yeah. years and years. It would just sit there. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a period where you would buy like, a, I don't know, you'd buy like a camera. And with that camera, you'd get an instruction manual, a disc, and a URL to go to, all with the same information on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder I wonder if... The, I, I reckon you probably, on, on occasion, will still buy a piece of technology and you'll get, like, a a disc with a manual on it. Although sure. it probably has, like, other software on it, like some, That's like... That's the thing, isn't it? A lot of the... Drivers. It's just, like, crap. crap. Yeah. Stuff you need but don't want. And you can't throw away a disc. It feels I mean, bad. What about those ones that are in um, book on the on like glued to a book jacket? A lot of like our school books would have them. Well, some. 
Mm, I remember that too. Because you can't bend the page properly. Yeah. You never look at it. You're not going to bend it. They were in, we got, um, in our, in our Mandarin classes with the, um, textbooks that had the, the CDs in, right? They had something. I, well, I just, I remember for some reason on my iTunes having two CDs worth of, um, Quite a hand you, that would I would listen on shuffle and whatever, and freaking panic at the disco be playing, and then next track it would be quite a hand you, and the music would come on. <laughs> it's funny. All right, yeah. let's um, move on to some of the games on this disc because there's a lot to cover. Uh, I certainly didn't play all of them. I uh, I don't know what your approach was, but I went through the uh, page for this uh, demo disc 2020 looked at all mm. the games and then based my decisions of what to play um, on what I saw from like the little uh, you know what it showed about that game in the page on the on the web page yeah oh okay no on the, on the CD page oh on the CD page yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I I basically just like just played them in the order I was presented them to. Okay. Um, uh, so I would just go in. I would read the description beforehand um, anyway, and then I would uh, just boot it up. Um, but a couple of things to talk about the uh, um, the menu select. A couple of little uh, things I'm not happy with on this menu select one. <laughs> go on. Uh, so um, the first being... I can't tell you how many times I accidentally quit the whole thing, the exited the whole thing. Really? Because because exit is tied to escape, and I would instantly press escape to get out. So there's like, so when you click on a game, you've got the options to play. You've got the options for like a um, uh, the people that made it, the credits and the description. So I would click on click on the description, and then to get out of the description, I would press press escape, but that would quit the whole thing. Oh. So I think I probably did that like five times, um, which is very annoying. Um, and then the other thing is that, I don't know if you experienced this, but when you go to play it, it takes quite a while to open the other the application for the game. Yes, I did experience and this. And there was, there was one time, I, obviously quite early on, where I like pressed it, pressed play once, nothing happened. Spam. And click. then I just like spammed it like five or six times. And then it was for... Um, uh, what was the name of the game? It was the ramen one. I don't have yep. that written down. Tasty anyway. ramen. Um, and that has like a really ridiculous, stupid drum pattern in the menu screen. And so like that game just like booted up like 10 of them. That's so and with funny. this drum pattern going bonkers. I, and I had to like, I, I, I had the exact same experience. Exact yeah. same. I uh, tried to open up Effigy. Nothing happened. Spam clicked it a bunch of times. Still nothing happened. Went to Tasty Ramen, spam clicked that mm-hmm. one a bunch of times, and my whole computer just froze for a good three minutes. Um, <laughs> well, there was this chorus of <laughs> you know, horrible sounds. Um, yeah. Eventually, I managed to get into... Uh, these days, I'll often just keep up... Um, what do you call it? Uh, task Manager, because I feel like mm-hmm. things freeze often enough where it's good to have Task Manager up on hand without having to go to the middleman of control or delete. Um, <laughs> That's funny. 
Uh, so Task Manager was already up and it showed like 20 versions of each game running and uh, just individually closed, 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 closed. Yeah. Which was arguably the most scared I was during the entire entirety of this demo disc. Nothing scared you? Well, to be fair, um, I generally tried to avoid the ones that I thought looked spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Yes, me too. (laughs) I I don't don't love horror games. B, definitely don't want to play them by myself. Um, And even more so when I have to play a bunch of them back to back. So one thing I tell tell you, I tell you, Lucky, one thing I discovered while playing, and I kind of, I had maybe got some idea of this recently from some other games, um, but you know how, as everyone has been listening, if anyone's been listening to this podcast for a long time, I have talked at length about slowly introducing myself to scary games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think last time I maybe spoke about it, I was like, yeah, I played Resident Evil 2 remake and it was great. I loved it and blah, 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 blah. And I love horror games. Now, I, I have not really um, made much progress in terms of being able to handle scary stuff. Really? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I, I'm like, gonna, not, not for the sake of time, don't, uh, not going to say too much, but I really do think you have. Maybe, maybe at least, ex- like, I just, I will open something up now, but, like, in terms of, like, I still just, like, I still just can't go around a freaking corner without sort of covering my eyes. Like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Um, like, the whole, I think the thing that came up the feeling I got the most throughout all of these games, because a lot of these games were first-person games, um, and the feeling I got from them was you get to, like, a dead end and you have to turn around. And, like, I I had that anxiety so many times that something was going to be there when I turned around. Um, but I guess I, I pushed through it, so maybe that's the growth. I, re- I really do think you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me which, uh, tell me, pick a game. Tell me what you thought of it. Oh. By the way, okay. I also just want to say before we go in, uh, I of course adore the concept of this uh, demo disc game. Um, yeah, it's cool. Very well executed, very well done. Looks great. Great idea. Love, love, love. Now on top content. Um, yeah, so I don't know if we'll cover everything. I don't think we've, we probably together played everything, but um, I think I played about 15 of them. Um, from my notes here, um, seven. So I guess we'll just we'll just cover the ones that we find interesting until we get bored. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with something simple. Let's start with Orange County okay. or country. Yeah. Was it county or country? County, I believe. Um, let me go find that so I can get the credits for the person. So, um, I thought this game had oh my god there's so many games had such a cool like idea i think it had such a nice blend of ideas that i really want to see it like further explored so orange county is a game where it's the middle of the night you can skateboard it's in first person um and and that's kind of it you walk around and you go to vending machines uh, we, uh, we skateboard around, and you can grind as well. You go to a vending machine, you you buy a drink, 
the, uh, it says what the drink was that you bought and then you, <laughs> you go to another vending machine um, and it's not particularly scary at all. Um, but I, there's something, there's, I just thought it was such a cool, I don't know, those blend of ideas of like first person skateboarding is pretty weird. Um, I wouldn't say it's maybe executed the best, but like it's interesting nonetheless. Um, yeah. It having like the PlayStation 1 aesthetic makes sense because like I think that's when like skateboarding games sort of grew to to fashionable with tony hawk and stuff um and then it being like a horror thing is bringing in that like horror thing sort of combined so you've got basically these three different like grungy aesthetics um from slightly different areas and you're sort of mashing them together i think it's kind of pretty cool vibe overall yeah it's sort of a general darkness of nighttime uh very low like vision distance um and there's a sort of noise over the entire thing and like mm-hmm. fog as well um and i mean really the spooks from this game and i believe intended i'd come from the cars on the road so you know it's, yeah. it's you're in like a sort of urban area um and the uh the vending machines are kind of like beacons in this game i assume the idea is to collect something from every vending machine maybe yeah i only found like three or four and then i couldn't find any more so, I mean, I died a few times on this thing. Yeah, same. Um, and anyway, the idea is that your vision is very limited, and whenever you cross a road, you, you don't really have the ability to look left and right effectively, and cars travel quite quickly down the road, so it's quite easy to uh, ollie out into the road and then and then just get, get uh, you know, slammed. Slammed down by, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, Ford Escort. Um, yeah and you're you're pretty fragile as well like um in terms of you it's realistic in the sense that you have to ollie up the curb and ollie down the curb otherwise you'll fall off the board and you have to walk mm. uh, which is kind of annoying but also i guess sort of adds to that tension of trying to cross the road properly yeah oh mass- massively massively yeah um i thought yeah i thought very cool game uh bit stressful i think once i died a couple of times i was kind of over it i think because the it feels like you have so little control over the deaths because mm-hmm. i feel like you almost kind of have to jump blindly into the road maybe this is just me a little bit um i felt like I maybe i just got like okay i get it it's cool i liked it a lot move on yeah and I th- to be honest i think that feeling i got from most of these games is like this is a cool idea um I don't. I. I think maybe the developer themselves could um, make this um, experience richer. I couldn't possibly think of anything to add to it, but like, it's cool, and I'm ready to try the next thing now. Yeah, it's always going to be like when it's a game like this. When you know you're going to be going through lots of games, you don't ever really commit to one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for I sure. Feel like you should get a uh, get a feel for the majority of it. That said, I spent oh. my first, like, 45 minutes of my three hours playing one game. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, yeah I, heard, I heard about that. Yeah, which was Effigy, um, which I thought was by far the most enjoyable uh, game on the, that I played on the collection. Uh, I think maybe, Effigy... Maybe because um, it wasn't really a horror game so much. Yeah. Um, rather a, like, extremely fast-placed... Fast-paced, super-duper-fun FPS. That was wicked, with awesome exploration and environment. 
Mm-hmm. You play this thing? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's I uh, um yeah. So we saw each other earlier, and you mentioned that you'd played this one the most, and I hadn't checked it out yet, so I did check it out. Um, and it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, like a. I think one of the things I I felt playing it, and I I feel about this way about a couple of them is that some of them are closer to like old school PC games than PlayStation One games, mm. um, and Effigy definitely feels yeah, like um, Doom or Doom or Quake. Yeah, I guess. It Quake felt like probably kind of most... and kind of uh, Half Life as well. Felt very Half Life yeah. to me. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't. Have you ever like looked at Quake at all? No, not really. Um. So, like, if you look at like the aesthetics of Quake um, and the way it plays, I think they're 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 pretty similar. Um, so it's got that yeah that kind of nineties uh, PC fast paced. You run fucking high speeds, million miles an hour, which and the th- dodging projectiles. Yeah, vibe. and uh, there's you know they're they're not afraid of um, having multiple uh, enemies on screen, which is great mm-hmm. because it's you know the modern world um, and. There's a point where you sort of run down a slope and then suddenly there's, say, five people running towards you. You're in this open, massive area. Um, oh, yeah, that was a cool moment. Raised sections with maybe six different people shooting at you. And then, yeah, five people melee with melee weapons running towards you, a couple with guns. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. And uh, it's so good. What I enjoyed the most about this game is that often you, you didn't want to stop moving. Uh, because if you kept yeah. moving while holding shift and sprinting rapidly, like really rapidly, you'd never get hit. Uh, but yeah. that meant that you couldn't really aim because you were moving too fast. So what you'd sort of do is, or what I did at least, was kept the mouse still for the most part and then would just wait till the uh, you know the crosshair would pass the people. Yeah, And it sure. was very effective and a very fun way of... Uh, shooting because I don't think I've ever yeah. really played like that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having, for sure. You know, controlling, having the character's movement aim rather than actually aiming the gun itself. Yeah, it's all about it's all about that strafing action. Mm. And spending all your time doing crazy uh, yeah, strafe moves. Really cool area. You'd always you'd explore areas and then you'd get somewhere new and you're like, oh, where am I? And then you realize that you've been there like five minutes ago just from a different angle. Um, yeah, it did some cool stuff with, like, that. elevation and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't get as far as I'd like. I got to what I would sort of call the second level. It's when the music changed for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then I, I stopped playing because I couldn't quite figure out exactly where to go, and I wanted to see some other things. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, in the on the demo disc selection screen, there's, like, short, like, videos playing of each game. And they're using a shotgun in it, and I wanted to get to the shotgun, but I didn't make it that far. Yeah, I only found a couple myself, a couple of weapons. Um, but it's also the sort of game where upgrades and, like, weapons are just dotted all around randomly. And, mm. um, you know, suddenly you'll, like, come across... Well, you'll come across, like, a double jump, and then... Yeah, the double jump's sick. Really good. It just opens up tons of the game. And it's one of those things as well where the double jump let you very easily, like get back to all the older sections of the game, um, which were all sort of, you know, walled off previously, but then were unlocked once you had the double jump. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, then the, the guns feel like pea shooters, you know, but it's kind of nice. It's like it's like the um, Half-Life pistol. That's really what, what I felt like I was playing. 
um, yeah, uh, it was a good time. Um, uh, should I, should we move on? Yeah, take it away. Um, so one of my favorites was, um, one that I don't know how to pronounce. It's called, um, Fatum Batula. Fatum Batual. Is that it? I might, I might not be able to read my own handwriting here. (laughs) So F-A-T-U-M-B-E-T-U-L-A. Fatum Batula. U-A-L-A. Um, whatever. Whatever. Um, did you play this? I did. I didn't get far. I got a. I wasn't sure what I was meant to be doing. Um, hang on a second. (laughs) I just got to reply to this text. I apologize. One, sir. No worries. Um. Anyway, this game. uh, Okay, I'm ready. Looked looked decent. I thought played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wasn't sure what I was meant to be doing and then got stuck. Yeah, so this game's like um, pretty obscure with what it sort of wants you to do. Um, uh, you sort of start off in this sort of chapel church-like uh, building. Um, you walk up some stairs and you enter this sort of, uh, there's like this river in front of you stretching far back into the sort of black distance and there's a tree sort of thing floating above your head. Um, and it's in the grand in the outland in WoW. Absolutely. Yeah. Just picture that right now. Good. Um, uh, and then for some strange reason, the thing you need to do, um, is hidden away in your inventory and it doesn't tell you that you have an inventory. Um, so it took me a couple of seconds to figure out what I needed to do. And then I checked my inventory, just miraculously just pressed tab or something. And there was this letter in there. I read the letter and it said, you need to stare off into the distance at the end of the river and some scary teeth will appear. And then some, I did that and some scary monster sort of slowly zoomed out. So that was the first thing I kind of liked is like this, like um, I like the idea of, a game interaction being about you need to not do anything. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but like there's something kind of cool about the idea that you just need to stand and wait and something will eventually come. Um, anyway, so you do that and this guy says he sort of appears, this weird tooth monster, and he's like, yo. Good as well. Nice. Yeah, he was pretty funky. Um, and he was like, yo, here's some vials. Um, go fill them up with different liquids and uh, water this plant, this tree thing. Um, for me, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll do that. Um, and then basically, I think from what I understood, so I got this game's like made up of multiple endings. Um, and I think basically the endings depend on how you water the plant. I could be missing something there. It's a pretty obscure game. Um, so then you venture out into this sort of small world, and you have several different puzzles these very obscure puzzles that don't really even introduce themselves as puzzles they're just kind of elements in the world um and eventually these like small like sort of paths will lead you towards one of the three maybe i don't know how many liquids there are that you can water this plant with okay oh so Um, you're meant to water the tree yeah oh how did you so i tried Using the, um, so obviously I, I took water from the water in front of you, from that mm-hmm. as described river. 
And then mm-hmm. how did you then water the plant? Because I didn't manage to water it. So you need to you need to put some other liquid in that water to water the plant because it's oh. already connected to that water. Oh, got you. So you're adding more liquid to the water. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Um, and it's it's kind of hard. I find, um, I don't really know how to describe what it is I really liked about this game. I think I like... I really like, um, so this was, it followed, sorry, this is a mess. It followed, like, sort of traditional point-and-click adventure kind of structure in that you find an object, you collect the object, and you use that object on something else to create some sort of, um, to make some sort of equation happen, and, and you get something else out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the elements in those puzzles were pretty obscure, and this game definitely exists within its own rule set. This world exists within its own rule set. Um, so you sort of enter this this nice uh, moat with like a nice Japanese house in the middle of it. And, um, and you go to sleep and then you wake up and it's all weird and glitchy. And I thought that looked pretty cool, oh, but really? it did definitely... Sleep. I didn't do that. Um, yeah, so when you go to sleep, um, you wake up and the world's all glitched out and like it has... Uh, missing textures it's really trippy actually and gave me a headache but it looked cool um and the world changes slightly i don't know i won't spoil it but there's there's a couple of like weird weird bizarre puzzles you know like how we talked about in silent hill 2 of like that um maybe silent hill 2 is slightly too obscure but there's things like there's some you need to get something out of the trash chute yeah um oh i know i found this 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 these like this eight pack of tomato juice cans i'll throw these down the trash suit and get the thing at like the kind of like who thought that was a logical solution to that puzzle nothing it makes no Um, sense i kind of enjoy that um and i think the reason this works is because um the reason this works is because there aren't that many things in the world so it's not i didn't find it i was happy to like hang around for a bit and i didn't find it too annoying because it wasn't like i had 20 objects and i was trying to figure out which one worked on this one thing anyway limited i thought it looked very polished as well i thought that game and uh felt good to move around yeah maybe i'll have to dip in a bit more yeah i recommend going into the glitchy world and having a little poke yeah um talking i mean combining a couple of different topics here talking of glitchy worlds and feeling sick uh Mm. neko yumi you play that yeah i did um <laughs> this one didn't really do much for me no i mean it was a bit of a uh almost more of an art piece i thought than a sure in in a lot in the, in the way that it's what you'd expect to see a sort of playable art piece being um you know with uh more concept than um gameplay which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it was no, you know, no. it, the concept, I think, required you to play the game a lot to sort of see it. Basically, it had a lot of randomized elements, um, and every time you played it, it would sort of be a different experience. But it's kind of it was a bit of a walking sim. Um, mm. But the problem with it for me is that it, the walking included the human, like, you know, motion of walking, which including a bobbing, which included a bobbing head. Uh, yeah, which made me feel even sicker than I already was feeling from playing a lot yeah. of these games. I felt sick after about forty minutes, forty-five minutes of effigy. Went into this and was like, "Ugh, <laughs> Jeez, no, 
I, I, yeah. I can't do this. I definitely can't. That was, um, Neko Yumi reminds me of, there is a game that got released on PlayStation 1. I can't remember if it ever got released in um, the UK. Um, I'm never going to be able to find it. Uh, but it's very similar of like randomized elements. Um, then you kind of walk around. It's about dreaming. Okay. Sorry, I'm just fluffing a while. Have we, have we played up. a game in the history of this podcast? I'm having like a weird flashback to a game where you walk around like an art gallery. Hmm. Does this ring any bells? Or maybe they might have even been like people's online portfolios. There definitely are a lot of ge- games. Games. <laughs> there definitely are a lot of games um, where you walk around art galleries. I think that's quite a common trope in yeah. games. I mean, it, for sure. It kind of felt like that. I'm trying to think of one it's kind of reminded me of, but I'm never going to get 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 at it soon. Um, oh, yeah. So um, it was called LSD, Dream Emulator. It's an exploration game developed um, by a Japanese person, by Asmisk Ace Entertainment. The player explores surreal environments without any objective. Uh, it's very, yeah, it felt very similar. I've never played it before, but I've watched people talk about it. Um, but it's interesting because, like, um, at the time that game was, like, very controversial and weird. Now you get lots of people making that kind of stuff all of the time. Um, and releasing it for free on demo discs, which is cool. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. More power to them. Yeah. So Neko Yumi is kind of like that, but with pictures of cats every once in a while. Um, yeah, just lots of cats everywhere. Uh, yeah. do you want to talk about tasty ramen? Yeah. I didn't play tasty ramen for too long cause it was infuriating. Really? I found it just incredibly annoying. <laughs> Weird. I thought that, well, I mean, I just thought this one was quite, quite simple. I thought it was a cool idea. I just, it just, um, I was crap at it and it annoyed the really? hell out of me. Yeah. Oh, I did. That was five minutes, first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Here are my notes. Took like five minutes. It was the most, maybe it made my heartbeat, was when I had the final key. Basically, this game is you're in like a ramen shop. There's a bowl of ramen. Um, there are, say, five or six keys dotted around the shop. You have to get the keys. If he sees you, he chases you. Um, and you can throw ramen around to distract him. Yeah, which is cool. I, I think that was the thing I liked the most is that like you're in it. Obviously, yeah, you're in a ramen shop and you're you're walking in between aisles of ramen and other other food like things um and there's quite a few and you can pick any of them up and throw them anywhere in the room to distract this little thing which is a cool idea yeah look it's nice uh playing a colorful game yeah um, one of the things um yeah. i was quite happy about when playing all these is how they um a lot of them weren't like scary but I did feel like they all had elements of, like, horror in them. And quite a few of them didn't go for, like, traditional horror tropes, um, which is really nice to see. So there are quite a few examples of, like, um, trying to make you feel tense or scared through something that maybe wasn't 
obviously scary. Um, and this is a good example of that. Mm. Minimal jump scares, like none. There were minimal jump scares. I only got one jump scare. I, I, yeah, turned a corner and there was someone there. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although there was a game that I... There were one or two games that were clearly scary and I didn't play for long. Yeah, I didn't even go to, go to those. No way. <laughs> you kidding me? Come on. No yeah. Way. If you give me the option, I'm, I'm staying far away. Yeah. Uh, the game I thought that was by far the uh, most intriguing was mm. uh, Dread Delusion. Hang on, hang on. Looking at my notes. You play that? Yeah, I agree. I've I played that one. And I was like, "Huh, this one has like it feels like the most potential to be a full thing." Yeah, very polished. Um, looked incredible. And looked it, it really seems nice. Like it is being produced into an actual game. I think that was the early access one. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, how would you describe it? Um, uh, basically, it's uh, so from what it seems like it's going to be, it's sort of a almost more mysterious and intriguing RPG rather than a mm. horror game um, with sort of spooky elements. Uh, so you sort of start the game off in this uh, sort of mechanical tower and there's this clockwork god in front of you which is sort of a floating skull within a clock, massive clock machine thing. And uh, he asks you some questions which I think, you know, maybe set some of your stats, whether you're like a smart guy or a big tough guy. Um, and then you sort of take this teleporter elevator that chucks you out into this, uh, you know, into this world and you're just greeted by this insane pink sky, like a huge moon mm. and uh, this mad clockwork castle. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a nice looking game. It looks, looks really good. Worth just typing in and looking at um and you know you're greeted by this floating ghost um that looks amazing um, i think um uh, to interrupt in, like visually like i think what it does really well is it manages to sort of look like one might remember a playstation one game but then clearly probably not be something that could run on a playstation one yeah. um the environments are like really open which you wouldn't have been able to like do on a ps1 um so and i think that's one of the nicest feelings about it is you just there's so much sky around you um and it's obviously this big pink thing with this massive moon sitting there um yeah and it feels it feels it's just yeah it feels really nice and In wide terms of world building really mm. i was like interesting super intrigued straight off the bat by the world and you know and it's it sort of would you'd come across a door that would let you peek into the town, but the, you know the door would be locked. And I was like, "Oh, geez, I actually mm. wish I had this key, so yeah. I could check out this town and talk to those floating skeletons." Yeah, um, and you know it didn't take me long to get that key. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and weirdly enough, though, the first time I played it, it booted me out after a very short amount of time. Mm. I picked up a second key, and it was like, "Well, hope you enjoyed the demo," and I was like, "Huh." Uh so I know that it also says when you start it, this is a timed oh, demo. Oh, that must have been what it was. I just took too long. Yeah. Maybe I um, went to get like a some food or something. Um, yeah, it's got like, it does that whole like 
sort of starts you off right in the sort of middle of someone's life and the world is like you got so many questions about what this world is and who you are and what your objective is and um no one around you is really giving you the information you want and so it's just like inherently quite intriguing um and yeah it just felt like there was a lot of space for that to be filled out um i hope Ooh, i hope i see more of it because it's kind of yeah, cool I might, I might actually play this one Oh, great. Um, yeah. Oh, but the, I think, was that the one with, like, the insane... Yeah, that was the one with the insanely slow walk speed. And I could... <laughs> you could run. There was a sprint, but, um, but you had a stamina yeah, bar. Yeah, <laughs> stamina bar, that sort of <laughs> fell pretty quick. And I like walking around in games a lot. Um, but when you put me in first person and ask me to walk at, like, snail's pace, I, I do kind of lose my mind a little. Especially in a time trial, come on. That's true. Up that to 300%, please. Mm. Yes, please. All right, my turn. I'm out, by the um, way. That's me covered. You're covered? That's me. I've covered all of them. That's every game I've played we managed to talk about. Really? Yeah. So that you're telling me you have not played Sauna 2000? No. Oh, lucky. Good. <laughs> um, Sauna 2000 is pretty fun. Uh, I won't talk about it too long if you haven't played it, but... Um, you you are a Finnish man in Finland, and you drive to your sauna, and you've got to um. You've got to like set up the sauna, so you've got to like light the get chop the wood, uh, light the wood, get the water from the river, the lake even, and um. And then it gets spooky, um, but that was cool. It had a nice aesthetic. Um, that game was good, and then let me see if there's any other games I really really liked. Um, I thought Erasure was cool, but then no, that Erasure was the one that gave me the jump scare. I didn't like Erasure. Okay. No, it was Insomnio. I thought Insomnio was pretty cool, very polished, visually very nice. Insomnio was a series of very very quick. Um, I think they're like the developers' dreams is what they implied. Um, okay. So there are five dreams that you play through, and that some of them are like ten seconds long. Um, uh, and then I got to the fourth one, and it got a little spooky. And I paused the game by pressing escape, and it closed the game. Right. <laughs> so I was both annoyed and very relieved. Yeah. Um, and then there are a bunch of others, but if you haven't played them, let's not talk about them. It's pretty long anyway. I'm happy to close it off here. Cool. Um, Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy. Wrap it. Um, cool. Thank you, everyone, for another uh, hanging out with us for another episode. Go play this game if you're interested in this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think my final thoughts would just be like, um, it's crazy how quick that PlayStation One aesthetic has become. Um, like a lot of games to the point where they now just make demo discs for it <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's uh you know an accessible style of game yeah you know it's you know low graphics semi-easy to make i assume you know much easier i think from from what i can figure maybe i'm four. not a developer so i don't know but it seems like uh you basically make low resolution textures simple yeah. geometry and then you put like a basic like filter on it and to make it look all pixely, and then and then you're good. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it looks good. And it's easy. And it looks good. It's like a fried rice. And exactly. It is the fried rice of video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Except it naturally is spooky as well, which is not fried rice. Yeah, it makes you feel sick too. Yeah. Especially if you're in a well-lit room playing horror games. Mm. Mm. Dark screened horror games. Um, anyway, good work, everyone who was a part of it. Loved it. Uh, yes. It's want, on Itch.io if you want to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd play uh, Effigy and Dread. Yeah. Dread, uh, Dread Delusion. Again, yeah. Um, but the whole thing was cool. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, do you want to know what you're playing next week? Dude, I would love to. Have a guess. You know. Um, okay. Is it Baldur's Gate 3? Wow. Look at this. Current content. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> nice. You're up to date. I'm up to date. No. We're not up no? to date because we're playing. What is it? I don't know. How could I possibly? Did you do? No. Divinity Original Sin 2. Pillars of Eternity. I'm excited. Um, hopefully we enjoy it. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, looking forward to giving it a go. Me too. I hear a lot of good things. Um, Me too. Thank you for uh, listening. This Can you do this actually? My voice. It's still fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, we go up on mostly on Mondays and SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify uh we you can find us on instagram at timeplay3hr you can email us at timeplay3hr gmail.com um and if you have any questions comments concerns uh you know go to one of those places yeah that's everything you know what i think would be cool if we had got to a point where people corrected us so much about false information that at the end of each episode we could do a, 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 a correction you know, like the newspapers do. Yeah. I don't really know the right word for it. But... Corrections? Well, that's not a proper word. But um, that sort of thing. Um, Read uh, something? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, see you later, bud. See you, ma'am. Bye.